0: When we finally yeah. hey everybody, goodnight. welcome to the Covenant I'll Podcast. Going out the I just thought we'd have a little Dean Martin let it snow really if you, if you have been living in the Ada the area. You've experienced some, some sleet and snow and coldness lately. And uh hope it gets everybody in the Christmas spirit. Um, speaking of the Christmas spirit... Um, the one thing that we've done here at Covenant usually we have a Christmas Eve service where we gather and we take communion and we light candles and um, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic we decided to to cancel that for this year but what we are doing and what we've been doing this week is we are recording a Christmas Eve service that we're putting together that um, I think is going to be really, uh, it's going to be interesting, unique, and hopefully add some something to your Christmas Eve experience. And we're going to be putting that online Christmas Eve um, for you to gather around the fire and watch with your family um and so, what we're doing here and is we're going to make some bags, and in the bags we're going to put individual sets of communion and some candles. And um, so, holler at us here at the church if you would like one. We'll have them available Sunday, the Sunday to pick up after church, or um, if if you don't feel comfortable getting out, we would be more than happy to deliver um, to your house and and put on your front doorstep. So. Um, We've got that going on, but today I want to talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart. And ever since I've been um, a pastor at a church, um, one of the things that I really despise is stereotypes. Um, Stereotypes on churches and stereotypes on pastors. And what I mean by that is, if you've been associated with a church before um you probably have been offended it (laughs) it just happens um and it's probably because somebody has come at you with some sort of 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 god word jesus word and made you feel guilty ashamed embarrassed etc etc but and, and truth of this is is that recent studies have said that 30 to 35 percent People in America who profess to be Christians go to church. Only that number. The problem that people have isn't Jesus. The problem that a lot of people have is the, the church. And so one of the things I've always talked about and tried is that how can we be a church that is for all people, for people who have felt guilty, ashamed in church, and how can we do that? And so today what I want to talk, I want to talk to our church, some of you from the Covenant Church, what can we sort of go with the mindset to be this church? And we're going to use a scripture of what Jesus wanted us to be as a church. Um, and then maybe there's some of you that are listening that are part of other churches' communities that maybe a few words you can take to, to put in your heart and maybe in your, in, in your church, and then... Maybe there's some of you out there that, that don't go to church, and you're like, I, I believe in Jesus, but it's like, man, w- w- this place offended me and h- hurt me. I want to give some words that hopefully, hopefully will change your mind and your perspective, because here's what I believe we are trying to be or we should be as a church. And so I want to read these words. This is from the Bible. This is um, the book of Ephesians. It's a letter, actually. It's written by a man named Paul who was actually one of the original church planters in the ancient world. He was a guy that had this conversion experience, and he followed Jesus. And his mission in life was to go around and to start churches, communities of faith, of people. And what he would do after he would start a church, a community, he would leave and go and start another one, but he still kept in contact with these people, and he would write them, and he, they would write to him, and he would give them encouragement and direction and how you're supposed to treat each other as a community of believers, and how you're supposed to interact with the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I want to read you this passage, just because this is to me this is amazing, and it's just it's great, and I'm going to have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, this is chapter 1 verse 15 he says he's writing to this church in Ephesus I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all the saints for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you for I remember you in my prayers now why is he giving thanks because of their faith and their love I pray that God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that the eyes of your heart are open. And you may know what is the hope to which you were called, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of God, great power god put this power in jesus he raised him from the dead seated him at the right hand far above all rulers all authorities all powers he has put all things under his feet and he has made jesus head of the church okay there it is the word church the assembly of the people which is the body the fullness of of him who fills all things, according to Paul, what should the church be about? The church is the fullness of him who fills all things. So, may, so maybe on all of our church signs, we should not we put, you know, each church has a tagline, or 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 kind of like a, a mission statement <laughs> according to paul ours should be to be the fullness of him who feels all things so we are to be a group of people who has been filled by jesus christ and we show that fullness to the world. Now, what does that mean? A couple of thoughts. What, what would it look like to be a group of people who are the fullness of him that fills all things? Well, first of all, if we are the fullness of him, Jesus, who fills all things, then we are welcoming of all things people this isn't a jesus who came for some people it's a people jesus who came for all people and if you look at jesus's life and his ministry and what he did jesus went to all people and he welcomed all people where they were as they were jesus did not go to anybody and say all right i want you to follow me but first you got to get your act together First you got to get things cleaned up. First you got to do this. First you got to do that. He, he was it, Jesus was simply a hey, I'm going to meet you exactly where you're at and I'm going to invite you to follow me and on this journey of following me, we'll figure things out. We'll we'll pray that the eyes of your heart are open. I love that passage the eyes of evidently our heart has eyes. Now, when when Paul's talking about a heart, he's not talking about this organ that pumps in our chest, he's talking about, I like to call it the spiritual seat of consciousness. The eyes in our head are different than the eyes in our heart. Um, The eyes in our head are, you know, the the eyes in our head tell us uh, it's below 32 degrees right now, so the roads might be slick. That's the eyes in our head when we see uh, some sort of thermometer that tells us this. The eyes in our heart come on when it's like, oh my goodness, um, it's past curfew and my child's not home, and you get this sort of knot. That's the eyes of your heart to be concerned. The eyes of your heart tell you that you're in love. The eyes of your heart is this thing of, oh man, somebody wronged me and it hurt, or did I wrong somebody and I need to apologize. There's this, Paul's interested in a scene from this place of spiritual conscience, And the eyes of the heart don't see people on the outside, but try to see people on the inside and see everybody as a created image bearer of God. And so we love and we are welcoming of all people, which brings me to this point. And and this is this is what I think is so important for us as people who are church, people who want who want to be the fullness of him that fills all things. It is not the church's job to say, determine, put out, spit out, whatever. It is not our job to promote and tell people who God is not. I I want to say that it is not our job to say who God is not. I am willing to bet that so many people have been put off by church and Jesus and God because somebody somewhere shook a finger, finger not a finger, I'm sorry, that was the Arkansas, I mean, a finger in somebody's face and s- told them that they are who God doesn't want them to be, that God is not for them, that God is not on their side, that God is against them, that basically that God is not this, that God is not for this, that God is against this, that God is against this, and God is against this, and God is against this. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, God is against, okay, maybe so, but God nowhere tells us to make that determination and that distinction. What God does do is call us to look and to point and to say, God is this. I mean, honestly, I had a guy call me one time at the office and I didn't even know who he was. He didn't He didn't leave a name. But basically, he he was sick and tired. To, and we as Christian people need to stand up for God because God's against this and God's against this and this is going on. And we as Christian people need to. And I, I stopped and I said, listen, God is the creator of the universe. God is in all and through all. What, listen to what Paul I'm going to summarize what we just read Paul talks about God the greatness of his power the working of his great power God put this power in Jesus Christ God raised Jesus from the dead God seated him as his right hand above all rule and authority above every name God has put all things under his feet I don't think God needs me to do any heavy lifting for him god does not need me to make determinations what god wants me to do is to go out and show the fullness of him who is in all things and when i go out and i start saying um well god's not this and god's not that then the fullness of this all things becomes really small it becomes a lot smaller and and instead of us making god bigger by saying god is this and god is that i mean what did the what does the scripture say time and time god is spirit god is faithful god is light god is patient god is love god is truth god is perfect god is righteous god is compassionate and on and on and on and we make god big by saying god is this god is for you God loves you, uh, and all of a sudden, the God who's the fullness of all things becomes for all people. Yeah, people don't want to hear what God is not, and and nowhere does Jesus do that. I mean, Jesus is constantly the kingdom of heaven is like this, the kingdom of God is like this, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, and we, as people ought to be glorifying God. And the word glorify God means to shine a light, to magnify, to blow up. We, as the people who are the fullness of him who fills all things, believe in a big God that is expansive. A, a God, yeah, because when we say that God isn't this, or then we're saying that God isn't this, can't do this, and, and that makes God really small. And, and as I heard somebody say one time, God is really like a 2,000-pound gorilla. Yeah, 2,000-pound gorilla. If a 2,000-pound gorilla came in your house, which chair can it sit in? Um, where Whichever one it wants to. <laughs> right, right. If a, if a two thousand pound gorilla came into your house, what can it eat from your cupboard? Whatever you just help yourself Yeah, God's a two thousand. When we let God loose in our church is the fullness of Him that fills all things. Then God can do miracles. And when we use the language that God's not this or can't do this, then what we're doing is handcuffing God and. And and we need as a church to be a place that is welcoming of all people, a, a place that is encouraging and hopeful, not a place that is condemning or judging, but a place that gives life and new words and a place that is the fullness of him who fills all things. So those of us that are part of the covenant community here, I don't know, I just wanted, I just wanted to, us to hear that. Who are we as we move forward? How do we continue to be the fullness of healing that fills all things? And maybe you're a part of another church community. And and so I challenge you, uh, you know, in your community, because we're for you too. Just because you're in a different church community, man, we we, we want you, we, all of us, to be the fullness of healing that fills all things. And then those of you maybe that don't go to church and you've been put off, I I, I encourage you to find a place where you can be the fullness of him who fills all things. So I hope everybody has a good week. And remember that God, the creator of the universe, who has everything under his feet, you and me, does not need us to define God. God doesn't need us to do that what God needs us to do is to go out and show people God's love, God's acceptance, God's grace, and God's mercy. And that, my friends, changes the world. So I hope everybody has a good week. Um, this Sunday uh, will be the fourth Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of love, and uh, we will have church at 8.45 and 10.45, and and hope everybody um, is able to make it and we'll also have um, our worship online if um, you don't feel comfortable getting out and um, hope to see you all then. Bye-bye.